Welcome to the Broken Pencil Booking Company Pro Wrestling Podcast and radio show infused with hip-hop. I am Wood. Made daily. With organic, farm-to-table, localized, neuralized, sterilized, scotch-guarded for 2020 repellent, available online, shipped via Amazon, not available on Sundays, but now available on thebeastradio.com. Broken Pencil Logic. You stay classy, Internet. I'm Suave Burgundy. Uh-huh. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're back in more familiar settings. Mm-hmm. As you can tell by the garb, I'm feeling real palatial. So Someone didn't catch that uh, company flight back from uh, Jeddah with everyone else. Wanted to do some shopping, and, you know, <laughs> here, here's where we are. You know, if, if this technology was letting me be great, you'd be able to see this in its full luster. But uh, take what you, take what we can get at this time, because I'm just happy to be able to see my entire face on this screen as compared to what was happening earlier. Like technology has, as far as technology has advanced itself, it's also hindered itself or rendered itself partially useless in today's society. The and, struggle <laughs> is real. The struggle real. <laughs> No, we're here no more struggle bars. Yeah. Um, let, first and foremost, get this out the way. Today is Friday, June 2nd. Yeah, my lord. Yeah, my lord. I said, yeah, my lord. Yeah, my lord. 20 and 20. Tree. Wiggle wee, convenient. Bring me your dinner bucket. Let the church say, hey, man. My man. It doesn't seem like it's been this long since we've done an episode, but uh, it really has been. And it, we've got we got loaded content for you at, because Gang Green does that for you. You're welcome. Well, I mean, we, we gave the people a fantastic uh, pregame show for the pay-per-view. Absolutely. It was like, it's like, come on, man. It's like It feels like content overload, but you can never have too much of a good thing when, when that good thing is, you know, the Broken Pencil Booking Company, Pro Wrestling Podcast and Radio Show Infused with Hip Hop. Yep, Gang Green. However, you know, it's, you know, there's shit going on, son. You know, take, hey, be, hey, don't be ungrateful. That part. And we all, I can't say we missed it. There was an oversight that NXT even had a premium live event at the exact same time that AEW double or nothing was happening. But Suave and I have taken a knee on NXT. There's a couple of people that we care about that we watch. We'll talk about one of them today. Uh, and they wrestled. They'll at, be on Monday and Friday soon enough. <laughs> they, they actually wrestled against each other again. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going back. Like Once you cross me in that way, I'm not going back. I'm sorry, I'm just not. Uh, we we will talk about the passing of the uh, the, the late great uh, superstar Billy Graham. We'll, we'll, By the Graham, we'll we'll, uh, we'll drop a ten bell salute. So that we'll end the show with that as we talk about that. Uh, man, but I, let, let's let's just jump into it, man. Because like one thing that's that's really before we get into like the recaps of the pay per view. Mm-hmm. We've talked about him in reverence. We've, ta- we've talked about him in, in a negative light. We've talked about him in some socially irresponsible, uh, responsible, socially irresponsible lights in the last few years that we've done this show. 
But no, what are y'all? Check episode nine. Classic, <laughs> classic, um, classic. Eight. You keep doing it. It's episode eight. This chair slides back, and the person in it stands all, up. All that. Oh, well, hey, check, so check them both. Check them all out. They in the archives. Check them all out. But he's talking about episode eight. Don't. Rand, Randy Orton. It's the jet lag talking. Randy Orton. Randy uh or uh Cowboy Bob Orton Jr. A.K.A. Ace Orton. Junior Junior decided to have an interview, which he alluded to. Well, actually, he didn't allude to. He actually, par- I'm paraphrasing, said that doctors have told Randy Orton not to wrestle anymore. Now, financially, considering that it's the only only place he's ever wrestled, WWE, and I'm not including OVW because that was a farm system for WWE at the time, and the fact that. He is one Actually no he's the only Active wrestler not named Brock Lesnar from that to the, Oh and Shelton Benjamin can't forget about Shelton. Shelton Benjamin And Cena wrestled this year so you might well just say they all active. Well all four of them then And yeah, the, the, but but he the, the, the stalwarts of that class Batista he's not But he's but he Orton is by Far the most Consistent in terms of being available up until he got injured last year and we haven't seen him since and apparently we made it's possible we may never see him in the ring again but if we do great because he's closest to the Cena flare record than anybody else that's that's able to actually take it um Brock is close um but that's pretty much about it. Brock and Orton are pretty much the closest too, because they're the only ones that are really in what well, they're the only ones in double digits that are active still. Correct? Not counting Cena. Oh, oh. Ask this question again, because you were frozen as fuck. <laughs> so were you. <laughs> Technology boy. Um, Orton and Brock are the only two that are active that are in double digits in terms of uh, world title reigns. Not named Cena. I had to check on Batista. I don't remember how many times he's not active champion. though. <laughs> he's active enough. No, he's 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 a, he's retired. He he has gone on record as being retired. Like no more wrestling for Batista. Okay, who's right. the last person okay. you heard that from that, that actually did it? Okay, Suave. Do you do you would you buy a ticket to see Batista wrestle for a belt? We've bought tickets for worse. This that we ain't talking about that. It's a yes, yes, we are. We talking about being active. We've bought tickets for worse shit. We have bought tickets to see less accomplished performers try to do more shit. So if Batista wanted to wrestle for a belt, or if he wanted to wrestle for a ham sandwich, I don't give a damn. <laughs> You're not telling me nothing. I don't want to hear. If Batista gonna show up, cool. I know the sneaker game gonna be on point. Uh, uh, you know what? Absolute factuals. Why, why is we discriminating on pimping? Like, what happened? Did you not see Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy three? I have not. That's on the agenda for the week. That's that's the problem right there. Don't do you're that. not invested. Don't do that. I am invested. I'm going this weekend. No, you're not invested. That, and that's that's the problem. Have, have the you problem gone? Is have you seen? Have you yes. seen? Uh, I have. Okay. I have. <laughs> while we're on, what you mean? While we're on that, um. Let's see, because we AEW has a lot of. Actually, you know what? Before we go to AEW, let's talk about let's talk about WWE's weekend. 
Let's talk about how many times has (laughs) Batista (laughs) been world heavyweight? That's right. Be the slow guy in the the classroom. (laughs) Motherfucker can't tell me how fast driving my car. Boy, came Try a, your own shit came, and then I, you'll know. I came a long way from my IV in my arm. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you, you did? Uh, let's see. See, they're being specific on the first Google. So let's go to Dave's wiki. Wikipedia. Uh, four times. Not even close. Yeah, nowhere close. Doesn't mean those four didn't matter, just not as many. That also means you weren't beating Batista that often either. <laughs> Speaking of, a stat came out that uh, The Miz <laughs> has like a 36% win percentage going back to his beginnings. <laughs> 20 A 20-time champion, but has a, a 36% win percentage. I Truth be told, I would be, I'd be surprised if Rocks was higher than that. Rock was known for taking L's. It's the... Okay. We're not in the territory era, but WWE's presentation has not changed much over the last 30, 35, 40 years. It's a babyface territory. Territory, in quotes. Where send the fans home happy, the babyface is going over. This is so if you if you were a part of the rock and wrestling era, anything after January 23rd, 1984. For those of you who don't know what that date means, that's the date Good Try Terry became world champion by beating the Iron Sheik. Cheeky baby. So, um, yeah, because he spits on Hulk Hogan. But ever since then and ever since Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr. has been in charge, it's been a send them home happy situation. You don't have a lot of long stretches where there's a heel champion unless you're in the process of building the next big baby face. Like, okay, play this game. Think about all the champions since since Hogan in 84. Which okay. You don't even have to think about as many because Hogan had a four-year title run. So that should take you clean to the end where that's 88, that's Randy Savage. Hogan gets his back from Savage. So that's a heel with a one-year run to give it back to the babyface mm-hmm. and keep going through title reigns that matter. Or I'm not going to flex again and do all the WrestleMania main events, but you get the point. Like you don't have, um, there's not long stretches with heel champions unless that heel is setting up to put over the next big babyface because we're about what? Sending the fans home happy. Absolutely. So there's that. So let's talk about Night of Champions then, because that, that's a good segue. So Night of Champions, which happened on this past Saturday in the morning time for the West Coasters, noon for us Central folks, which puts us, you know, in, in that sweet spot that Suave and I talked about, what, what was natural to us when we were growing up, Saturday, Saturday afternoon morning wrestling. wrestling. That's it. That's the move. That's and, it. And for a pay-per-view or premium live event that was advertised with having three main events, they kicked the show off with one. They kicked the show off with Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. And I'd be remiss 
if we didn't say your winner World Participation Trophy Champion. <laughs> hey, not my champion at all. I'm not gonna keep doing this with you people. I don't. I don't care. Look, I don't give a damn who you root for. Uh, really don't. Th- this is definitely representation for us. Uh, for a whole lot of fucking gang shit. This is your daily acknowledgement. Let's go there first. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> well, please. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. A thousand days. We're gonna talk about this. But we not only did we get a new world heavyweight participation champion, uh, we also got the return of For almost three years we retired this. Almost three years. Now you could sense it on social media when I'm starting to get that itch. Like, oh, I've been playing it cool a little too long. It's time for me to act out. Kung Fu Panda has returned in the form of waxing poetic about AJ Styles, waxing poetic about Roman Reigns, and then trying to put over this participation trophy as an actual viable championship. It's an ego stroke. You gotta you gotta do something to feel better about the about the accomplishment that's not. Just tell me when to cut loose. Go ahead. Tell give, give him everything you want to give him. Cause we yeah, we're gonna clear the table today. And go. So, um, <laughs> John Cena shoots slugs at the rock by leaving and going to Hollywood. Rock comes back, puts him over. What does Cena eventually do? Um, let me see. He he went to Hollywood, didn't he? Whole and, lot of Hollywood. And, and did didn't didn't he not just go to Hollywood and join um The Rock? You you got sloppy seconds <laughs> off his plate. <laughs> and, and look, I love John Cena as a person. Like we've all we've all had that conversation about how great of a person he he is. That is that's the major character flaw on his whole resume is that hating shit he did on a man who had been long gone. Like, bro, you'd have been mid card mid card Mike had you had Rock stayed. And continued over the seven years that he was gone. And his and Cena's last two WrestleManias have been black eyes on his career. Go ahead. But he eventually made the trek off to Hollywood. So then Seth following suit. Because there's a third, there's a third um third example of this. <clears throat> but Seth is doing the same thing with Roman now. Cause there, Roman's no... Roman's other example. How? Roman 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 got his first taste to Hollywood, which would happen to be with the Fast franchise. That's when he stepped away and started working part time. I mean, okay, well, I'll, I'll take that back. Mainly because Roman did like a his first foray, foray into movies was like a supporting cast member type thing, right? Wasn't a world champion when this happened. Absolutely not. And also wasn't in a starring role for the stuff that he did. And was not on a part-time schedule at the time. We're talking, see, Roman's case is so, so unique because we're talking about an individual who beat cancer, not once, but twice. And we're still in a a post-pandemic society where maybe the the number of cases is not as high as it might have been at one time. Oh, but but it's still prevalent. Go ahead. But it's still outside. 
So you you telling me that oh we need a championship like what? But again, fine if people want to use that as as you know whatever because Roman has used that same conversation before about Brock Lesnar and that was like that was scripted and fed language about we need a full time champion. It was true when he was saying it about Brock. It's true when Seth is saying it about Roman. Name somebody better to carry the ball. But now we're in a situation where Seth is shooting these same slugs at Roman about part-timer, gonna go to Hollywood, doesn't want to be here. Like he's miss he's not missing any dates. He's just he's earned less of them. So when you go to the table to negotiate, you want more pay and more time with your family. There is not one person watching this show, regardless of race, creed, color, or sexual orientation, who does not want that for their life. I've worked and my way to that over the last 15 months, but it took me 14 years to do it. Exactly. So anybody saying anything to the contrary is number one, a fucking liar and two, a hypocrite. Seth got children and at some point he, at some point, his family life is going to be more important than what goes on in that ring. And I want to see if somebody's actually going to be bold enough to hold his feet to the fire to the same conversation. Because if we really going to keep it G about this, him saying that we finally have a champion that's going to be here every week. Well, what the fuck is Walter? Boy. And, what is, what and is he, he? And he has the hardest belt to carry in the business. But because business is at such a high level and you have people that are, are griping online because, yeah, I'm, I'm about done with the United States uh, fan base, right? Like, y'all, remember, you know how McMahon starts tugging at his ear when he's all fucked up? Y'all finna give me a nervous twitch like that. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna just start tugging in my ears. Like, they cheered this little, they, they cheered this Easter speech that Seth gave on Monday Night Raw. But the truth of the matter is, do you know why this match went on first? I don't. Because Seth is in a Marvel movie. Oh, he had to get back to to film. He had to come back here to film. So now, yeah, we get a world champion, but we just don't get a world champion who stays to the end and performs in the main event. Which is you, norm Kurt, you, that's norm that's normally some power trip shit Brock Lesnar will pull. Go first, go back home, and be damn near to the house before the the, uh, the premium live event ends. Brock Lesnar is an outlier for all of this shit. Because like we've said, we've said many times, who going to whoop him and tell him not to? <laughs> you you tell me you're going to spaz on him and you're going to handle him and make him do what you want him to do? Fine. By all means, have at it. You, I, I seriously doubt you can do that with Roman. Seriously. But I've seen evidence you can't do that with Brock. Speaking of Brock, I'm going to say this and we'll leave this whole shit alone. The internet wrestling community and mass has been taking Cody Rhodes to task for passing out at the hands of a Kimura lock. Because you don't know grappling. Shut the fuck up and take a Kimura lock from Brock Lesnar. Start there. Come back and we can have a discussion about the rest of it after you do that. I'm done with it. Next, uh, next match. I guess uh, I guess the next big thing to talk about really would be um, the uh, Oost Gang and uh, Kaozania. Now, not for nothing, our real champion in the main event. 
not not for nothing. I I was I was nervous as shit the minute I that was announced that Sami Zayn is going to Saudi Arabia. Um, if you don't know why, do your Googles. I'm not going to talk about it on here. This ain't the place. But him showing up at the presser, him showing up to the adulation of the Saudi Arabian crowd and speaking in Arabi. I, I listen, I, I can't I can't do anything, but God bless him. God bless him. He he deserved all of that and the fact that he felt safe. I, I'm I'm glad he was the entire time because we've heard we've heard and seen war stories from trips to Saudi and he wasn't involved in those trips. And this could have been one of those and it wasn't. And we're all thankful for that. That said, your tribal chief and head of the table did not take a pin. Solo took a pin. But the chief ate not one, but two super kicks from uh, the, the human highlight film, Jimmy Uso. <laughs> and you know why? Because this is cinema. Man. Cinema. Jay Come has on, been bro. Jay has been eating shit from Roman for th- for four years. Uh, one year while Jimmy was out, and Jimmy protected Jay in that incident. And here here Jimmy is like doing everything that he feels that Jay should have done. And tonight on SmackDown, I, I we get some. I don't know if we get some answers or if it comes to a head, but. You'll the, get another development. You ain't gonna get a necessarily an answer. The trajectory for the bloodline is that the bloodline remains in the title picture with or without Roman dropping it after he's already surpassed his now 1,000 day reign, which let's give that up. He had a thousand days on the day he had a tag team match for the title, for the tag team titles. <laughs> that is. Tag team match. Shout out. Player, player. Player, player. <laughs> and yeah. uh, but overall, a good a good Saturday afternoon show. I'm glad it wasn't a pay per view, but a premium live event for a Saturday afternoon here in the states. I'll gladly take it, and I I, I would love to see a lot more of that. Even if it's only like I'd say you know yeah, that's once a year. If we if we had that four times a year, I wouldn't be mad. So okay, we've read the reports that says there's going to be a lot more PLEs internationally, which I'm I'm happy for. As a matter of fact, Money in the Bank is is um is, is in the O2 Arena. Yeah, buddy, man. <laughs> so so I expect Money in the Bank to be stupid lit. And look, we had this conversation right after Backlash of Puerto Rico, and I guess we knew it but didn't want to believe it and voice it out loud but now it's become more than apparent whether it be from the comments on the internet or the reactions inside the arenas the american fan base for professional wrestling is spoiled entitled fickle and uh, just i mean they drag the product down disloyal is the word i mean i get i loyalty to a company that doesn't pay you is some weird shit it, it mm. tribal, tribalism is tribalism, but loyalty to a wrestling company that doesn't pay you, weird. But here's the deal: if you're if you're putting if you're investing money and time into something, especially to that magnitude, 
and you're not getting what you feel that you deserve, you have the right to voice your opinion. But to Facts. but to do it in mass, to, to have a group think about a situation, like you may walk into a situation feeling one way, walk out feeling a different way, but then if that way doesn't align with the person next to you, and all of a sudden it, it does align with the person next to you, the person behind you, and the person in front of you, you're part of the problem, not part of the solution. It's the lack of objectivity. You are not able to look at things individually and grade them as such. It's always a, if they do it, it's okay. Or <laughs> finesse two times. It's cool when they do it. It's a problem when I do it. Fuck them. And that's exactly how I feel. I feel like finesse two times about this whole situation. Look, you can like a brand more, but to, to approach discussions about professional wrestling not now hold on not just discussions every discussion okay <laughs> to approach every discussion with some form of tribalism in your introductory statements is it's weird and it's creepy and it makes it makes me not want to interact with you it's like mm, i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna skip I'm good it. if i if i see if i see it i'm gonna glance over it like it's you're, you're going to get one set of comments from me, and I believe I'm a firm believer that less is more, especially when it comes to online. I can say a lot by saying a little. Some pe some people say a lot and say nothing. Yeah, and mm, yeah, whole lot, <laughs> <laughs> whole lot. Yeah, not but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all, all it's I'm weird, saying is I own, own WWE stock, and I'm not just. I'm on the bandwagon now too, Suave. I had to jump on. <laughs> Congratulations! I hope you see. I hope I hope that your investment grows because that means my investment's growing. <laughs> yes. Speaking of, speaking what of. Even, T aha, good. I knew that was the segue. TKO Holdings, Suave. Drop the drop the knowledge on TKO Holdings because it was Endeavor was a company that gobbled up WWE and already own UFC. Talk to me about TKO Holdings. So the super conglomerate for this union of Endeavor and UFC and, and WWE will now be a publicly traded company underneath the tag TKO. TKO Holdings. Which means more money, more money, more money. So when this hits the market, look, we are not financial advisors. We're not telling you what to do with your money. We're not saying that this is a sure thing. All I'm saying is it might be a good idea to take a look at. It. That's it. <laughs> I mean, if you go on WWE stock before the sale to to Endeavor, you've already seen an increase. So why would you think that it's gonna be any different? Especially with some of the whole shit we didn't heard they got cooked up to do anyway. Like we might be coming to the end of the PLE era. Now that for me is going to, it's going to cause- It's, a, gonna, it's gonna change the dynamic of the way we do a lot of things moving forward. It's gonna be a domino effect. Oh, oh not just for WWE, but for WWE fans, for AEW. It, shit, imp even impact to a degree. Now look, I, I just spent a couple of seconds getting on the the American fan base. All right, so let's keep this real. 
the WWE product is not on a level to where you're going to pay 50, 60, 75 bucks every month because they have a show every month. They are not producing at that clip, even with how good the bloodline, the bloodline saga and storyline is. They are not on that level to charge that much money every month. I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to lie like I'm going to participate. I might encourage somebody else to do it because it's going to, you know, it shows well on my balance sheet because I don't stock. But other than that, I'm not going to tell nobody to, to make that type of investment because you're bound to lose it. At, at some point, you're going to take an L with that. Can, can we talk numbers real quick, Suave? Please, let's do. So I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Do you know the date that WWE first started trading? Mm, it's 2002. I used to have his dates, not the actual date, but used to have at least a month in my mind. I. It's not 2002, by the way. When they started trading, it's not 2002. No, not pu trading publicly. Oh, I t I'll take that back. I um I was thinking about when they dropped the F and became WWE. That that's it. There you go. Uh trading is it trading is somewhere around the time smackdown debuted or something crazy nah some like nah nah this is this way after that well, well fuck it and, and, give and, me the give me the two, date then. in two days it would be 10 years exactly june 4 2013 do you do you remember the stock price i know it was low nine dollars and 81 cents you could have got a you could have got a share of WWE for less than the monthly cost of the original network. Do you know what the closing price was as of Thursday, June first? Year of our Lord. Year of our Lord. I said Year of our Lord. Yeah, uh, Year of our Lord. Hey, I'll... they went public in '99, but they start they didn't start trading until 2013. World Wrestling Federation Entertainment Inc. launched an initial public offering as a publicly traded company, trading on the New York Stock Exchange (NYSE) with the insurance stock, with the issuance of stock then valued at one point one hundred seventy-two point five million, October nineteenth, nineteen ninety-nine. That that can't be right. Siri and Google say the same thing. Nineteen ninety. That doesn't. That doesn't even sound. That no way. That sounds no. With, with, which that almost corresponds with the beginning of SmackDown. I know I wasn't tripping. No, nah, not, not so, no. Something's not right about that because this it, it coincided more so with the with the uh, the fact of, of the launch of the WWE Network. You you remember you remember that? I do remember the launch of the network, but what I'm saying to you right now is Google what I just Google that. No, I'll I'll come back to that at any rate. The ending stock price yesterday, $99.63. Mm -hmm. That is a 1100, over 1100% ROI. Mm -hmm. For something that I would dare say the mass majority of the American public shun. Not just don't appreciate, they shun professional wrestling. Not bad for a pro wrestling company. It's not I, Look. 
everything that's not going on in front of a camera is profiting. It's paying dividends. So that's why I say what I say, we say what we say about potentially getting in bed with the stock money because it's, it's look, I have the <laughs> the numbers right in front of me to, to know I've gained 35% on, huh. my, on my investment. <laughs> Hard numbers right in front of my face, 35% increase. You do with that what you will. And I didn't buy mine in 99. I didn't even buy mine in 2013. So imagine, like with most things, had you had you jumped in in the very beginning, or even in the first six months. Like it's, you should have an opportunity to at least experiment, just to see, just to see. So it does say it was uh, it was opened up at four cents per share in 1999. Oh, that see? was as, okay, uh, and that was SWWF. Something happened in 2013, though. I, I don't I have to do some more Googles on that, but something something specific happened in 2013 as it relates to them trading publicly, which modified how their business was being done on the New York Stock Exchange. Because that's that's when all all the numbers and people cashing out to get extra gains and things of that nature was happening. But that that's a whole other that's a whole other episode. But I just brought it up just to say, not not counting the four cent introductory offer. Going back to June 1st, 2013, we're talking about an over 1,100% increase in stock price. You want to make your money? I mean, these ain't tips. Made a quarter million depending on a stock tip. Yeah, I'm not sure what they did in 2013. It was something significant that happened in 2013 that caused that that number to, to start going up, 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 up. I know the original the original subscriber numbers for the network had an effect on the stock price. Now that was in February of 2014. Because that, that <laughs> the, uh, the network launched right, I think Elimination Chamber was the first uh, PL, PL leave on the network. I'm, I'm reading, but yeah. Uh... Yeah, I ain't, I'm not seeing anything significant for 2013 yet, but that doesn't mean it doesn't doesn't exist. All right, um, we're, I'm, let's jump indie real quick and come back into AEW. One major piece of indie news. That was funny as shit for so many reasons. Uh oh. Uh, jump indie, then jump back into AEW. Where are you jumping? <laughs> Very interesting piece as we uh, as, as as we bring you more of a whole lot of fucking gang shit. Jacob Fatu, House of Glory World Heavyweight Champion, loses his title to Matt Cardona last weekend, and we we didn't know what to expect when this match happened, but. Seeing that Jacob Fatu, who was a mainstay there at uh, HOG with that mm-hmm. championship, losing that belt. Being there. And, Peter, Peter. And around September, as, as I think was the last time he renewed his MLW contract, I don't know how much time he has left on that contract, but 
Suave, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Or, 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 or am I being a little bit too anxious? I would err on the side of caution and say that you might be being a little too anxious. Only because MLW and WWE are not on the best terms right now. Man. However, <laughs> one could be led to believe that Jacob Fatu could be used as a negotiating piece that could get everybody on equal footing again. Let let us get Jacob out of this deal that he's in. We'll smooth some things over on the back end for your whole streaming hopes and aspirations. And then we'll try to put this whole disagreement slash lawsuit to bed without anybody hemorrhaging any money. Wiggle. Namely you, because we got it. Wiggle we convene, yada 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 yada. Yeah, bring me your motherfucking <laughs> dinner bucket. Like I I'll wait you out, homeboy. I, I feel <laughs> it like, does not I feel matter. Like Dave Chappelle right now. <laughs> I'm rich, bitch. Hang on. like that. So, I mean, it's not. Stranger things have happened. I'll say that. Stranger things have happened. Um, I'm not. I'm 100% not against Jacob Fatu being in WWE. I think it's far overdue. I think he's being. I won't say he's being wasted. I will say that people are missing out on a grandiose opportunity. He's a generational talent. He is, he is far different from any presentation of Fatu we are seeing on TV right now, Solo Sokoa included. I, I would I just don't want it to be in 10 years from now, we're having the conversation about what if Jacob Fatu had gotten that opportunity. That's what I don't want. Why? I don't really want that for anybody who's good enough to really, you know, make that move. He's already representing he, He's already representing Bloodline on MLW television. See, so I mean, there's 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 symmetry and synergy. So if the two sides were to come together, let's say, I we gonna buy we gonna buy out his contract at double freight. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We gonna buy this contract at double freight. So we gonna say you got him signed for fictitiously because I don't know that any of his numbers. Let's say it's five two hundred fifty k over five. Okay. Okay. Or I don't know, say it, it can't be paying him two fifty a year, but it look again for the sake of conversation, two hundred fifty k over five. We'll give you five hundred grand to let him lose right now, and, and we'll we'll buy we'll buy um, footage rights on your library of him so that we can use it to promote. Now his deal, according to ESPN, is set to expire at the end of twenty twenty five. And this is, a, about right. this is a quote from him, uh, April of 2021. Quote, what I can say is MLW has been great. Obviously, I'm still here. I'm still here with them. Myself, Tom Lawler, Alex Hammerstone are going to be here. We're going to be here and we're going to expect a lot of great things to happen. MLW's family, uh, there's been nothing but love out here. The rumors are, are here and there, but at the end of the day, I did what's best for me and my kids. Facts. At the time of the signing of the contract, no one, uh, nobody knew about Corona was going to hit, but you know I'm uh, excited for MLW and what a lot, lots of us have plans. This is just a restart, and we had the opportunity of see seeing uh, MLW uh, pre-pandemic in the in a foolish arena in uh, suburban Dallas, Texas. It, it essentially, it was a tin can in the middle of the summer. 
<laughs> Never again in life will we walk into a venue unprepared like we walked into that venue unprepared. The show was amazing, but the heat was ignorant. And we saw a world-class show outside in 117-degree heat, and it wasn't as bad as this tin can we were in. Bam. <laughs> we were not ready. There was no pre- there was no preparation for how unready we were. Matter of fact, I know of two people who could corroborate this story. Maybe three. MVP, Iceman King Parsons, Chavo Guerrero, Scott Steiner, oh, Scott, Steiner. Scott Steiner, Justin Roberts. Yes, Fuego uh, del Sol. Fuego del Sol for sure. That's where we came up with Dive Fuego Dive. Was at that show because he jumped from the stage to the rope springboard and then hit something ridiculous in the middle of the ring. He's probably 30 pounds lighter than what he is right now. And again, it was 117 degrees outside. We're not exaggerating. That was not a heat index. That was the temperature. No, no, that's real life. Like wood starts to warp at that that heat temperature. The tin can, I I couldn't, I I love, I love my beverages. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't enjoy them. The the tin can, uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr., MJF, uh, yes, Richard Holiday. Shouts out to Richard Holiday on his redemption tour. You know what I'm saying? He out he out here. Ring the ring the bell for that man one time. Richard Holiday, uh, Mance Warner, uh, Ace Austin. Jacob Fatu, <laughs> the 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 the, the Ron Eric boys, yes, like all all of them were. As matter of fact, Fatu, Filthy Tom Lawler, Filthy Tom, uh, Low Key, the the Von Ericks, Fatu, they ended the show. Uh, what's what's my man uh, Simon Gotch? Yeah, we always oh, saw La Parka or L A Park. We saw both of them, didn't we? Did we? That is probably. I, I think we possible. did see both. It's very possible. And Eho, we've been outside before. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say about it. We've been outside before. Yeah. So, anyway, we just yeah, we just talking about indie shit. Um, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, you gotta show you gotta show the indie some love because the indies are who love us. Absolutely. AEW uh, Double or Nothing in Las Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena was also this past weekend. In the uh, words of uh, ESG, somebody tell Kevin Cato, we want our money back. So, Suave and I go round and round quite quite regularly, especially during the pandemic we did this, where cards on paper translated better on in presentation than they did on uh, on on the on on the uh, the build up. Uh-huh. And this went this wasn't that. In fact, we were worried prior to the show about the card and, and this the severity and validity of this card. And you can tell by the energy that was available on our "You Know Who Can't Win," you you know who ain't gonna win episodes on the official YouTube channel. You know how we felt about this card going in, and out of nowhere, we get Max Caster. <laughs> <laughs> the maxes of AEW are absolutely what saved 
a sternly worded letter to somebody requesting a refund. Max came first. Max Caster came out and was like, "Okay, we're 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 running out of time here. We're running out of daylight." He got one off in his freestyle to the point I don't even remember what happened during the match. So I don't give a damn. But it piqued my interest back into the pay per view because it was waning. <laughs> that was a uh, that's that's one of those like you you do, you're dozing off and those eyes buck like you you got it's one of those it's one of those I'm in the recliner and the more the more the show goes on the more I'm like this. <laughs> my recliner for those shows is, is usually in my garage. Zero gravity with a cigar and the cigar was long gone by that point. Fam, these movie theater seats <laughs> lean back. And the legs raise up. And once you stop entertaining me and I find a way to entertain myself. Deuces and orange juices, my boy. Hold on, Swab. (laughs) Do you feel me? Like, hey, hey, I got other I can be doing home, boy. Yeah. You the, better come on. Yeah, you better come on and, and drop something in the collection plate. The the highlights for us, obviously, were the two maxes. The yes. fact the fact that your winner and still AEW world champion won with the headlock takeover for a three count made me stand up and clap. <laughs> oh I okay, peep this. So Certain times, AEW is really good with long-term storytelling. And this is the second time he's done this to Darby Allen. <laughs> I can only I can only see the poetic justice in the idea that at some point Darby Allen is the one to beat MJF and he will beat him with, with a, a side headlock takeover. Yep. Abs- yep. <laughs> that's the that's the only way to do it now. Uh. <laughs> that is the that is the only way to end this title reign. Otherwise, it should never end because no nobody on this roster has shown that they are supposed to be beating MJF. Right? Hey, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, or as Swab calls him, Jungle Buck Jack Perry. Uh, it, it it will it will beg to be seen how fast or how far the trajectory goes with him going into a heel territory. Uh, Sammy Guevara is slated to take some time off, probably in about six or seven months, as he and uh, Ty uh, Ty Guevara, Ty Mello, if you will, have announced that they have baby on the way. Congratulations! In 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 all no seriousness, joke, no cap, yeah. all seriousness, congratulations to Sammy Guevara. Now switching back into show mode, how much time do you need off when you work once a week, bro? <laughs> Like, you're not on one of these per diems with AEW. You show up or don't show up, whether you're booked that week or not, the check is still the same. You're a pillar, so I'm I'm assuming you're paid like a pillar. Low light, though. Well, I I can't, I'm not gonna say low light just yet. Our, one one of our champions, Jay Cargillberg. It's so hard. Listen, hold on, hold on, Swab. Hold on, Swab. When she came out and I heard pretty girls walk like this, I was already. I knew what time it was. And I was in my garage representing. And you know I was. Shout out Ron Murray. You you know what it is. 
you know, price just went up. I, I'm a, I'm a, hold, hold on, let me, let me hit it, hit that one time. Price just went, price, price just went up. Because Ron was the one to let it be known that uh, Jay Cargill was a member of the uh, Alpha Kappa, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and uh, which is the sister sorority oh. for my fraternity, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. A five. So now my mother has a reason to like Jay Cargill. You dig? And a Facts. lot of, and a lot of people have a lot of reason to like Jay Cargill, whether they're Absolutely. affiliated or not. Because so many reasons we have. First off, what's my man uh, Titus O'Neil who represented Omega Psi Phi, and now you have Jay Cargill who's representing Alpha Kappa Alpha. And to my knowledge, these are the only the first two to ever publicly come out and represent their historically black uh, Panhellenic uh, Council fraternity and sorority, respectively. Which I I was slightly annoyed that that uh, Excalibur was the one to explain it. It was notes and probably was passed from Tony Khan over the earpiece. I, who, who That's else? cool. That's cool. Just let somebody else do it. Sit this one out, fam. I'm, I'm going to tell you who would have been perfect to, to describe that. Had they just given him the stick for the uh, for that particular match? Stokely, Hathaway, Stokely Hathaway. Oh, well, then there's that. <laughs> well, that, that would have been your first move in the turn of Stokely's face. Like, because he would have he would have done it justice. Well, him, him, and Paul White did the pregame justice too. They tried, they they tried their best to kind of mimic some, uh, like the the idea of that of that panel kind of mimics some WWE shit, especially with Renee at the helm. But, well, of course, it does. But their energy is way different, way different. There, there's there's legitimacy across the board on that panel. I made the comment <laughs> uh, in, in a thread like, "Who is this Draymond Green looking over here with Renee and boy?" Like, oh. And I was moving and moving around, so I didn't actually get to focus on the pregame show to really weigh in one way or the other. That was just a random thought. And I looked, I was like, okay, I know, I know him, I know him, I know her. Who Who's that? Yeah. Who that? And I've seen him before, but like, who that and why? That's how that's how a lot of people feel about Peter Rosenberg. But anyway. <laughs> move, move on to something else. <laughs> move, move. You're but, not you're not finna get me to commit. No, I'm not gonna do that. Ty, not, Ty, not on this show. Not right now. Ty Valkyrie takes the L. Jay Cargillberg gets 16-0. Holds the belt for over 500 days, only to lose it in a impromptu match. To they, pull, they pulled out the WrestleMania nine finish in Vegas. They pulled out the WrestleMania nine. Uh, what was it? Uh, 30, 38 finish as well. I thought that three. I'm sorry. SummerSlam. They pulled out the SummerSlam return with Becky Lynch when they defeated. Uh, oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I didn't like. I didn't like it when they did it to to Becky and Bianca. Yep. I don't like it when they did it with Chris Statlander and, and Jay. Jay. Yep. I, how do you know Chris Statlander a month from now doesn't suffer another injury? Knock on wood. Hope that she doesn't. But guess who's been here? Every, we like to talk about champions coming to work, right? That's what we all want, right? Talk about it. Who's the champion that's never missed work? Since her very first match, it's been Jay Cargill. So at what point do we put flowers on a title reign from a champion who doesn't, who ain't taking no days off? Every time she's booked to appear, she's there. And I love the fact that she's herself on social media, but but I hate the fact that now people are seeing her as a face when she's always been herself. And it's not necessarily like she's trying to be hated. She's being herself. It's the same thing with, with MJF. Like 
he's so good at what he's doing that people like it and they're entertained by it. Jade is so good at being her that people like it and they're entertained by it. And eventually it becomes, it shifts from, oh, I'm offended by this because it's too much to, oh my God, this is great because somebody's actually being different. The elephant in the room is this. How soon before she actually gets to sniff the big title? So here, 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 this is me. Remember last, well, Here's remember from You Know Who Ain't Gonna Win. Here's the thing. On You Know Who Ain't Gonna Win, we had the conversation of saying, just like we said with Britt Baker when they took the title off her, you can do it. I don't I don't mind you beating them. Of course, I wanted to see 175 and 0 for my own selfish reasons. <laughs> Looks like we're not gonna get that. However, somebody else may come along. Look, it's 52 weeks of television. If we wrestle twice a week, we can get this done in like a year Less and a half. Less than two years, yep. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that's it. We can do this. We can build another streak. My issue is, what do you do with that person and for that person after you beat them? We saw with Britt Baker, they had nothing. And it's been nothing ever since. If you need, context, if you need history, historical context... Look what happened after Goldberg. Nothing happened. In fact, a company closed its doors. No, okay. You know what? I'm going to use Goldberg in a light that's not negative towards him. Mm. Mm. You're a bigger person today, Swab. Go ahead. Because this is about the pursuit (laughs) of truth. So (laughs) when Goldberg got beat, when Kevin Nash beat Goldberg, the the fans, the the American, the American fan base was clamoring for Goldberg to finally take his first L. Oh, we hate this. Oh, we're tired of this. He never loses. It's exactly what made you like him. But live long enough as a hero, you see yourself become a villain. So flying too close to the sun. Right. Once he got beat, the air came out of the balloon because you got what you thought you wanted. And then the next day happened. Well, the next day for WCW was grand closing. <laughs> not not literally the next day, but no. you killed the golden goose. You killed the most original thing you had. The thing that started in your power plant and went all the way to the top of the mountain. To the largest so, house they had ever seen. Goldberg was your franchise. Look, Sting, Sting, especially because he carried the ball through such a dark time. The in darkest WCW, time in their history. He earned the nickname, the franchise. With all due respect to Shane Douglas, Sting was the franchise of WCW for the time that he's the guy. As far as a homegrown, from the ground up talent, Bill Goldberg is WCW Supermax. He is, he is the guy who is worthy of the Supermax contract because you built him from scratch. You took him fresh out of the NFL or whatever else he was doing at the time. He trained at the power plant. Nowhere else. He wrestled for WCW. Nobody nowhere else. else. You had never seen him in wrestling trunks before you saw him on WCW television. So that that's my that's my positive spin on Bill Goldberg. But after you beat him, you didn't have anything for him. 
and then he just floundered and floundered. You made him just another guy. Then he did his own stupid shit and punched through a limo window and almost severed his fucking arm and then rolling downhill. You 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 literally <laughs> killed the career of Bret Hart with a kick. No, I don't want to get into all the negative. Oh, shit my bad, my bad. Then we'd be, then we'd be here another three hours. <laughs> but Willie G, I say that about Bill Goldberg, and I'm see I'm referencing him in his proper proper given name to say this about Jade Cargillberg. You've got to have something done in mind that you're going to execute because this, for all intents and purposes, is your number one priority as far as a homegrown talent. You never, you have never seen Jay Cargill wrestle anywhere else. I don't care if it's an indie, anything on YouTube. She is as much AEW as anybody. So you could almost make the argument that she's a pillar. Mm. But here's my, I do have an idea she for was, her. She wasn't there from the beginning, but I, I hear your argument. It's a valid argument. Right. So here's my idea for Jay. Now, side editor's note, um, I never wanted Stokely Hathaway separated from Jay Cargill. I don't know why they did it, but they need to fix that immediately. Smart Mark Sterling just ain't it. It ain't. It it only it only suits the fact that um, Jade is a, has a dominant personality and she treats him like an underling, so it works in that respect. But as far as on screen charisma, I think it would be much better with Stokely because Stokely can hang verbally with whatever she's gonna say. However, check this out. Everything I just said about Jade Cargill and she's homegrown. What is the whole storyline with the Outcast versus AEW? Uh that the the Outcast feel that the the AEW talent have been held at a higher standard than those coming from from, uh, from the from the outside world if you will from specifically from WWE cuz all the Outcasts came from WWE. And then all of the AEW homegrown talent feel um wwe x talent have been given you know higher, a, a higher pay, push and pay yep. higher push higher pay all of these things so at the at the the lowest common denominator of the entire AEW versus outcast narrative is them versus us yep who's more us in terms of AEW now than jade cargill who has never nobody wrestled nobody she she's literally the w, she, she's the AEW equivalent of Bill Goldberg, which is why we called her Jade Cargillberg to begin with. So you get Tony Storm to go outside and cut one of her promos with with the outcast in the ring about AEW talent, and you know ain't nobody nobody homegrown from AEW can hang with us in the ring or on the mic. Da, da 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 da. Just run it run it down run it down. And guess whose music hits? Hmm. Jade's. We're off like to the this. races. We're off to the races. And Tony Storm is from a British Commonwealth. Jay Cargill, homegrown talent. You've already got sixty thousand seats sold for uh, all in uh, two or all yeah all in two. Um. I, I, yep. I, I, 
I, so, I think the proper place for that, you know, put it in Wembley. Put it in Wembley. <laughs> we we've got to get another version of that because that seems like really that's, that's really unsettling. But yes, for the yes for that's the why, for the most hey, part, that's why I like it. No, <laughs> veto, cuz veto. <laughs> But yeah, like you immediately turn Jade face by having her, you know, put the shield of of AEW on her back on her Superwoman cape, and then uh, now AEW fans have a reason to cheer for her. And you don't even have to crown her when she, in Wembley because now it's not a a foregone conclusion that she's going to win because she doesn't have the undefeated record going on. And you can find a way to kind of cheat her out of a title win to stretch it out a little bit, and then. You know, at your marquee event, go ahead and crown her. Let's get to this money. It's sad that that how underwhelming this event was for us as fans and as uh, journalists for this fine sport that we oh, just spent that much time talking about the future of Jay Cargill post losing versus the rest. Somebody of the, need versus the rest of the car. Somebody need. Somebody needs to talk about it because if it doesn't get discussed here, and I'm it, not totally confident that it'll get discussed there. And there you go. Uh, I'm not going to talk about anything else, including the, especially the exploding shoe. That's. Yeah. Oh, here's what you can talk about because we had a we had sort of a bet going. How long was the match? That's what you can do. Which like, which like, one? Look, look. Oh, you talking about that match? Yes, exploding shoe match. Hold please. Thank you very much. Doing, doing the Googles right now. You are tuned into the Broken Pencil <laughs> Company Pro Wrestling Podcast and radio show infused with hip hop. This message is for station identification. You're probably watching this on YouTube. It's funny, Broken Pencil BC. Why, why are you doing that? It's funny because we we actually had a couple of bets during the actual show about how long matches were, like the uh, the Adam Cole Chris Jericho match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I missed that. I went back to watch it, and I wish I'd have just missed Bro, it. Bro, I was 10 minutes short. I was 10 minutes short. How I, long was the match? I said the match was going to be 37 minutes. Now, from the time the bell rang to the time the the, uh, the like the start to finish was uh, 27 minutes on that match. <laughs> the only match <sighs> the only match longer than that one was the uh, the four away for the championship. And that was only 50 seconds longer. It should okay. Did anything <laughs> happen in the in the Anarchy in the Arena match? Did anything happen in that match that made it so it absolutely had to go on last? The uh turning of Kenosha, Kenosuke uh, Takeshita. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I I, I don't give a fuck. I mean, not to not to for it to be the ending. Like that's not the ending. But suave, haven't I been talking turning him for the last two years? We both been t- well, not two years, but we well, we had it's been, it's, it's been over a year. It's been definitely over a year. But yeah, right. Since, since he's shown up on TV, I was like, he's since the BCC showed up on TV and then he showed up on TV. We've both said he has the. The body language of, of, a heel. of a heel, specifically one who's methodical in his approach because of his size as a Japanese competitor. He is a larger than normal Japanese competitor. He's what, 6'3? Over 240 he, pounds? 
He's Shinsuke with less bumps taken and more body mass. Pause. And will probably get bigger because he uh, he's so young. Pause. Okay, cool. <laughs> Still doesn't mean we that has to close the show. Okay, Adam Cole returning is a situation where, okay, well, Adam Cole, Adam Cole uh, debuting and Brian Danielson debuting. That's something, okay, you should probably close the show with this because you can't top it. Nothing about anarchy in the arena or the turn of anybody made it to where, oh my God, this had to go last. The World Heavyweight Championship has always been held in prestige up and above everything else. Why did it have to be different here? I'm looking at the... Know the answer, but still. I'm looking at the send them home happy moment of the day. The only one that comes to mind that could possibly have closed the show, and there's no way I would have put it there, is FTR over J uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I, I'm not... I'm not asking for any other match on that card to close the show other than MJF versus the other three. Because the world champion is the focal point. Always. That, Always. That entrance, that entrance was borderline legendary. He is the world heavyweight champion. And because of the way you have presented the world heavyweight championship, that match should have gone on last specifically specifically opinion. for that match the way the championship was presented for that match because you 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 went out of your way you went around the block into the corner store and then walked back to bring us all four people in that match when you didn't have to right so showcase to me the future of aew because okay conversely Look at the other match that did close the show. How many people involved in that match have 10 years of ring time left? Believe it or not, all but two of them. Okay. This will be a good this will be a good discussion point. Go ahead. I don't think Who's the I don't think Danielson has 10 years left. I don't think Castagnoli has 10 years left. I think everybody else in that match including Moxley has a minimum 10 years left. The way Moxley bleeds, there's no way he has 10 years left. Staff <laughs> oh, is going to oh, catch him before oh, anything. Oh, you, you, the hell you say? I'm sorry, was Sabu with this pay-per-view or not? You yeah, Was <laughs> Sabu with this pay-per-view? Because that looked like the Sheik. <laughs> that's, that's not the Sabu I grew up with. <laughs> with all due respect to the Sabu I grew up with and the Sabu that was there oh. Sunday. Keep it keep it one thigh out. And then with... with uh, Kenny Omega being a jigsaw puzzle of spinal pieces, he ain't got ten years left at the way he wrestles. He he said it himself. So with the clock, so, so, the clock so is three. ticking on any of the re the clock is ticking on the relevancy of any of the young bucks, whether you want to believe it or not. The relevancy. We're not going to get on the ten same. more years we, of this. We will never not be on the same page about them. Okay, so that's so that's Danielson. That's um, you say, Casanoli. I think he could actually pull off ten more years just because of the physical shape he's in. I, I think that his feats of strength is what hinders him. I think from I, doing what? I think that's what shortens his career. Like all the all the unnecessary feats of strength. Like for you to be a world champion, you're still doing your your shtick from five or for actually shit from ten years ago. 
Play now, the hits. Now if you're now if you're playing the hits, do it on people who weigh less than you, so that way it doesn't feel like it's a workout. He but doesn't. Like, I mean, he's working in the perfect company for that to be a reality. Absolutely, yeah. But you can't always control who you're in the ring with. I would have said Cassie Noli can get ten more years out of this, but because of his age, he may not want to put ten more in here. So okay, that's Danielson. You say Cassignoli. I say yes to Moxley just because of the style he wrestles. Uh, Kenny Omega's probably not going to put in another 10 years with the match quality he likes to have as an individual performer. Is there 10 more years of tread on the Young Bucks? We say no. Not at, not at the, the the rate that they're going now. Wheeler hasn't even so, been in for 10 years. So Wheeler Yuta is the only one who's got 10 more years on. So barring some ridiculous catastrophic, freak accident yeah. catastrophic freak accident injury everybody in the world heavyweight championship match got 10 more years now Darby and Sammy are always going to try me on that <laughs> but but everybody in that match has 10 more years to put on a resume meanwhile Max is, uh, has, has, has earmarked his trajectory for the bidding war of 2024 in spades with this match I just don't. I don't understand. Why are we undercutting our world champion? Um, AEW and WWE also, and since, since we've done our last show, also had some uh, some some media scrums, if you will, as it relates to the upfronts. SmackDown may not have a home on Fox come October of this year. I mean. Sometimes you got to race. And AEW, the the rumor, and I throw that in air quotes, was that the announcement for, the, the big announcement for Upfronts was going to be that AEW was going to take their, uh, their pay-per-views to what's now known as Max, formerly HBO Max. Thanks, guys. But to start off, though, I don't know if you heard about this, Wav. I believe is AEW Dark is actually going to max as of June the 9th. Okay. So Max is getting AEW programming starting this month. That's pretty phenomenal. That's pretty uh pr- pretty pretty worth watching. I think that's that's very cool and I I'll, I'll make sure I, you know, do my due diligence and check that out. Yeah, it's Just- nice it's a nice litmus a litmus test of the network's prowess as a, as an over the top and a healthy alternative to YouTube. Actual factuals. Everybody doesn't want to go rabbit holing down through YouTube when they want to get some wrestling content. Sometimes you just want it on a a nice, clean platform. Yeah, <laughs> man. Because because Lord knows, BR Live was a shit show. Uh, Bleacher Report. Per usual. Hey, can we get, can we move away from that, please? Well, no. BR Live is what it was on. Because remember, it started with Bleacher Report and then with the BR Live, and BR Live went back to Bleacher Report. Which they're all shitty. They're shit, absolute trash. Like, um, a, a, a shit by the name, a different name is still the same. It's shit. It's, it's it still makes for a, a very full stinky diaper. Um, we still haven't heard anything about uh, Heels season two yet, other than the fact that. CM Punk will be there, who also was announced that he will be at AEW Collision at his debut in Chicago. So apparently he'll be on the Saturday brand 
uh, for AEW, which looks eerily like Monday Nitro's logo. But hey, who am I to judge? I mean, I, I get it. It's retro. It's an it's an homage. It's um, you know, what's old? What's what's old, old is new is again? New again. Yeah. All, all of that. Yeah, cool, great. You know, but okay. When you point out that it looks like the old Nitro logo, why do people take that as like like a declaration of war? Like you don't you, you don't like you can't go to war with something that doesn't exist. No, 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 I mean like a declaration of war like when you when you say this looks like the Nitro logo instead of just saying yeah it does, it makes me think about it. People get defensive like you're attacking AEW for saying that. Nah, not at all. I mean, they, there's if you, there's a lot more you can pick, you can nitpick and and pick apart about wrestling shows by and large. I mean, <laughs> there there are way way more similarities to WCW than just the Collision logo. <laughs> Chill, my boy. Something about inmates running in, in asylums and shit like that. Like, I digress. Shot through the heart. And speak, and speaking of heels lame. and AJ uh, heels and uh, CM Punk, AJ Lee is slated to be in episodes of uh, of Heels season two this year, or well, whenever it decides to release. I bet you CM Punk won't get fired for for doing the show. <laughs> if, if he if he needs to leave at any point to go film anything for Heels, I guarantee you he will get a call back when he's done filming. Uh, Chavo, wasn't, Chavo wasn't so lucky. <laughs> that part. Uh, AEW Fight Forever finally has a release date. Wednesday, June 28th, 8 a.m. I'm going to play this game. I am. I'm going to play it. I want to. And and if I don't, it's because of what I saw today. What did you see today? Oh, my God. I I, I made the mistake of looking at Chris Statlander's Twitter. And she came to the ring with Darby Allin in the video game commandeered Darby skateboard skated down the ramp into the ring the skateboard was still outside the ring she jumped into the ring did a trick on the, on the skateboard in the ring jumped out the ring onto the skateboard <laughs> and back up the ramp <laughs> and then and, and then the treatment of uh and now I, I guess this had to be a flub or or like a uh, an early like or beta the flub of Eddie Kingston's appearance on AEW Fight Forever. It, it was so. There's there's new photos out that show him looking more like himself. more like Eddie Kingston. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 clip that was making the rounds, and I think Eddie Kingston might have actually sent it out himself. Dude looked like King Hippo <laughs> from Mike Tyson's Punch Out, but on N64 graphics. It was it was all bad. Now speaking of declarations in in uh, in historic context. Uh, THQ Nordic, which also THQ was the people that, that did all the WCW video games, WCW versus the NWO, WCW versus the world, uh, all the cool N64 and PlayStation uh, uh, WCW games, THQ did those games. So the fact that they're back on on tap to, to do video games, they, they did it right back then. Next gen graphics, they can only get better, especially with this game taking two years. I don't have high expectations for this game, but they do know where they went wrong at, and I think the next one's going to be even better if they can continue to 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 make yearly content for video game heads. Because 
even TNA only did one video game, and that game was fire to me. Me and my son played that game for hours on end. ECW had one video game, and I played the hell out that of it. That was on the claim. Yep, Acclaim did that one. Factual. Um, then you you've seen that there's there's already announcement of one the price point, and two there's going to be there's another version. There's an elite version that if you pre-order it comes with certain uh, DLC packs. PlayStation Plus has already discounted it seventy two dollars. I'm just gonna wait it out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't keep it keep it. <laughs> I was just gonna yeah. wait it out like. Yeah. You've got the uh, the Matt Hardy pack. It's got uh, Matt Hardy, Broken Matt Hardy, and a couple other things. You've got uh, there's a uh, Handsome, Bad, and Evil, which is uh, Dan Housen and Hook. Um, it was another oh, pack. Hook, Hook Housen. Then there's an FTR pack. Yep, saw the FTR pack. So they, it's like you get extra characters, and then there's other mini games because like MJF apparently has a mini game that's a part of this. And I'm like, <laughs> why? We've been oh, wait- oh, People oh, who have been waiting for this game have been waiting for like two, three years at this point now. I wonder if there are pickles involved. And apparently the the, uh, the Elite Edition is only available on PlayStation. Pause? Um, what? Yeah. Pickles? You don't ever offer a grown man pickles. How did pickles get in the conversation? Maxwell Jacob Friedman was at Media Scrums eating kosher pickles. He's Jewish, remember? What the got? You know what? Actually, so yeah, so this has been the Broken Pencil Booking Company Pro Wrestling Podcast and Radio no, Show. No, no, not tonight. We're not done. We're not doing this two, two, two weeks, two, two weeks in a row. Not doing it. No, I'm, just, I'm just not going to let you drive us off into a ravine. No, I'm actually about to read you. I don't want any correlation between pickles, Jewish people, or in the MJF. I don't care. I don't care if you can make it make sense. I don't want it. The AEW Fight Forever Elite Edition includes access to even more AEW wrestlers and over the top mini games, including. Uh, I already said about the Hardy Pack, FTR, which includes the Revival Pack, uh, AEW's Dax Wheeler and Cash Har- uh, or Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood, plus mini games. Join us in Death Race X, Fight Forever Limitless, uh, Limitless Bundy Bunny Bundle, which includes Keith Lee and the Bunny, plus MJF's Car Thrash and Sloth Sling. And I told you about the Hook and Danhausen joint. So yeah, that's it so far. It's already 627 playable characters on here. Why are we having to buy DLCs? Why oh, are we having to buy a DLC pack for more mini games? How long? So, how long do you have to play AEW Dark to get people onto uh, to uh, Dynamite? <laughs> if there's a career mode, that would actually be kind of cool. Though. <laughs> oh shit! Oh. Yeah, like nah, man. Don't don't tax me eighty for the elite version, and then try to keep taxing me on the back end. Like I know that's how the game goes, but that ain't how the game goes. Biggest L's for the weekend: uh, Jay Car Gilberg and Bianca Belair both lose their titles. Yeah, man, see that one coming. At the same weekend, never saw that coming. Yeah, just can't catch a break sometimes. Speaking of break, Brian. Brian uh, man, Breaker broke some cool at all. <laughs> Braun Breaker broke some. So uh, apparently, undisclosed injury. Braun Breaker may or may not require surgery, but he is off television indefinitely, and it doesn't look like he's going to be back anytime soon. If I had to bet money, if the injury that I think happened is the injury that's that's got him out, 
at the very end of the match as uh, Carmelo Hayes is giving him the, uh, f- the first 48, he seems to land awkwardly on his, I believe, his right forearm. And it could have either been forearm or wrist. And I'm hoping that it's not the case. But at the same time, I'm really hoping the injury is not serious enough that will require surgery. But being off TV for the definite amount of time, I don't think he's going back to NXT. I can't see that happening, especially after taking it out. I think you've seen enough from him like you've seen him be good as a face you've seen him be even better as a heel what what else do you want him to try to learn on tuesdays that he can't pick up on monday or friday let me let me say this too wwe has to dial back the amount of people who can do certain moves Braun Breaker has shown leaps and bounds beyond anybody else. Edge, Goldberg, uh, Bobby Lashley, uh, even Roman Reigns. Brock, I mean, uh, Braun Breaker's spear, the best ever. At this point, he has the best spear ever. And the one that he gave Carmelo on, uh, on Sunday... I smell tournament because I'm not ready to sign off on that. Maybe not a tournament mixtape, but I like that. Matter of fact, it's it's tournament season in a few weeks. I did, you see what I'm saying? Suave. Quit stepping on the pack. I don't. You can put a collar around and call it blue dog shit. Just don't let me catch you out here infringing. <laughs> It's good enough how it is. Okay. Call it, we'll, but, call it, we'll call it blue magic. That blue dog shit. Um, but yeah, I yes, I would like to kind of kind of hash that down. We, we, I need we, to see them all. I know bronze is dope, and I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm also not agreeing that it's the greatest ever. We 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 got to dissect it. We got to put it to it. We got to put it to the test. You gotta you gotta do the litmus test. Yeah, you, you have to. Um. Superstar Billy Graham, last certainly not least, uh, former WWF champion. The the one thing that stands out to me about Superstar Billy Graham is that he not only got the physique style of wrestler over, but he also taught that particular style of wrestler how to talk. So. Um, Oh yeah, we're not done yet. I, um, getting, getting carried away, my boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll, we'll still we'll still get the ten bell salute too, though. But and, and uh, indeed. Um, but as far he, as I know, Billy Graham doesn't have any uh, strikes on his record as far as uh, personal conduct. So yeah, there, there there's a few. But no, but, no, no, no. There's a specific type of personal conduct. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I hear what you're saying on that. Um, and I'm with you. I haven't seen anything that that leads me to believe that either. So that's a that's a good look. Can't can't front on that. Um, but like his, his his ability to talk people into the arena is what got Dusty Rhodes to New York. And it's it begs to say that if Dusty Rhodes doesn't go to face superstar Billy Graham while he was in Florida. It does. That, that that Dusty becomes the household name that he does in the '80s, 
let alone the NWA World Heavyweight Champion three times. Um, Hulk Hogan doesn't exist to that magnitude without superstar Billy Graham, as Good Try Terry is going on record to saying that he wanted to be superstar Billy Graham. Now the 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 good try Terry comparison one hundred percent. Dusty, I kind of feel like Dusty was gonna be Dusty no matter what. Dusty's promo game has always been sick, but I think that the household name happened because in a pre-cable era he was able to venture off to the largest game in town. He was able to go to New York and he went to the Apollo and didn't get booed. There you go. There, yep. So he, he, he pretty much get, he, he substantiated the hype. So all the hype that was going on about Dusty and everything he was doing in Florida. When you go to New York and you deliver on that level, everybody now everybody's like, "Oh shit, it's for real." That's like taking, let's say, twenty-two-year-old me and sending me to New York. Whether it be a studio session or just a cipher with a bunch of veterans, and I go off. Okay, so now all the shit you've been hearing, and and all the different scuttle, but oh, it's materialized into something. This ain't just localized bar scene. This is this this shit goes live and 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 in living color when the lights are really on. Right, like he went he went to the Ruck and showed out. Yep. It, it's it's he, he, it's he literally made he that. made Earl Menigo say oh shit. <laughs> he left the rucker and then got a private private hoop game with some NBA stars and was clowning. And then even like, and even more so, superstar Billy Graham came back in the eighties as a uh, as a second karate man. Yeah, man, and he, and he was a second too. Like he was, you know, he still he still had the talk. He had a different look about him actually because he's older, lost his hair, but you know he. The whole uh, man of the hour, the man with the power, too sweet to be sour. How many people imitated? Who said? Who said that first? That's a good question. I can't tell you who said it first, but I can tell you he was probably the one that made it most popular. But Dusty, Dusty made it his too. I'm just saying because that phrase got passed around like a doobie at the cannabis cup. <laughs> I just, I just want to know who's responsible like, for saying it first. Like a, I've heard a bunch of people say it after a, the fact, like a joint at a Cypress Hill concert, facts, <laughs> at a Snoop Dogg show, like because I've, I've heard, I've heard Hogan said it in Rocky Three. That's that's the one he's in Rocky Three. Yeah, with Thunder Lips. Yeah, so Thunder Lips used those those exact words. Then we've heard, okay, Superstar Billy Graham's done it. Dusty Rhodes has done it. But you, but we already know that Good Try Terry got it from him to begin with. We know. So, okay, this. so Good Try Terry is not first generation infected. No, he, he he's not the outbreak. We're trying to find the outbreak monkey with this. Who said it first? Made it a hot line. I made it a hot song. Who made it a hot line? That's something. That, I mean, that might be like some old. Uh... We're going to do some investigative reporting and hopefully next week we have an answer. That might be some more gorgeous George or uh, what, <laughs> if what's we remember name? to look uh, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers type shit. No shit. Gorgeous George does sound like a really good answer. Dark Side of the Ring season four. Man, how do how did we forget this one? Um, 
the first episode aired this week with Chris and Tammy, Chris Candido and Tammy Lynn Sitch, which we've had more than enough conversation about Tammy Lynn Sitch over the past couple years. And even vowed to not speak about her anymore. Dare to be surprised. Here we are talking about her again. This was a damn good episode. Uh, I wish they would have spent more time on on the career of Chris Candido because he he was obviously a special talent. And the tragedy that led to his his untimely and I mean untimely death. Oh man, that I did not realize that all of this takes place in such a small window. It's a very very small window. Because the footage they show of him and Porter, him and uh, Tammy in Puerto Rico, he's thirty one. That is like after all of the national television and pay-per-view exposure of WWF and ECW. So he did all of that. But right before he went to Puerto Rico and got loaded. And then came to Impact. Got in no, don't just say came to Impact, got in shape and came to Impact. I don't think he was ever out of shape, though, Suave. He oh, was- shit. You will watch that again and see what is happening in Puerto Rico. <laughs> nah, bro. He brought the keg with him and hid it under his shirt. Oh, man. It, it was, hey, look, it was a different time. And I, that's why I was like, when they said 31, I was like, the fuck? Yeah, 31? It was right there, yep. Running, running it down for the rest of the season. Next week is Magnum TA. Oh, which, this one gonna be good. Which I really hope they show a lot of the, the Mid South stuff because, uh, oh, man, the, the this, gonna, this gonna be good. Uh, I know it is. I the, know it. This is one I've been asking for since the first season. The Graham family, Mike and Eddie. Which, I, I know this is gonna be lit. I know it. Uh, Doink the Clown, which I'm sure. It's probably going to be more more emphasis on Maniac Matt Bourne. I hope they don't just do it on the Doink the Clown gimmick and actually do it on Maniac Matt Bourne because there's there are gems in Texas with Maniac Matt Bourne. Uh, See, seeing that he was the best incarnation and the one most favorably looked upon, I would say it's going to be a whole lot about Matt Bourne. Good. I hope so. Junkyard Dog. Uh, just... <laughs> Stupid lit. I know that episode gonna be turned too. I I want to know if 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 we gonna make this a dark side. I really hope they get outside about the uh, the, the nonsense that happened in Mid South. Uh, oh, Adrian Adonis, man, oh boy, talk about boy. a tragic death there. Um, uh, oh man, I didn't know this was gonna be on here. Suave, you gonna that? love this. Bash at the Beach, two thousand. Russo versus Good Try Terry. Oh dear, oh dear! I <laughs> swear to God, you'll never see that son of a bitch again, or else I'll go in the goddamn grave. <laughs> Abdullah the Butcher, as if we didn't see enough of him in season one. Abby, he gets his own episode. So apparently, um, Abdullah's been in and around the dark side franchise almost since inception and for whatever reason he didn't want to tell his story story he was basically he was still kayfabe in the whole thing so he didn't want to you know tell tell the the other side it was just abdullah the butcher and nothing else 
So apparently during some um, some interaction for Tales from the Territories, which he wasn't in season one, was he? Yeah, he was. Oh, he was on the uh, the, the Witch Hunter episode, the uh, Brody episode. No, 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 no. Tales from the Territories, not oh, Dark Side. Oh no, yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he they did a uh, Stampede. He was in the Stampede okay. episode. So apparently, during the filming of that is when he finally finally decided, okay, I'm ready to tell my story. So because I've never heard the origin story or any of the the back and forth about Abdullah the Butcher. That one is probably going to be extremely interesting to me, only because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of information floating from you know places I frequent about him. Brett, we got we got to hear from Bret Hart. We got to hear from Kevin Sullivan on this one. We have to. Both, both are still here to speak with, and I would dare say Mauro Ronaldo as well. Okay, sure. Yeah, Mauro was doing commentary up at Stampede. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. Wait, wait. What? Do you, do How you, old is Morrow? Morrow's got to be in his fifties. He's a teenager doing commentary. Yeah, doing... yeah, he was. He was like nineteen or twenty. Uh, Japan. <laughs> yeah, Morrow will be fifty-four this year. Well, all right. Good job, Morrow. Um. Here, here's another one near and dear to you. For me, me too. For for a couple of different reasons, but more so for you because of your wheelhouse. Bam, bam, Bigelow. Factuals. These these are all the wrestlers that you know captivated me as a as a young wrestling watcher. Like Abdullah the Butcher was appointment television. <laughs> Dead ass. Like I'm not. I'm look. Whatever Listen. he came to be, or whatever I ended up thinking after watching Dark Side or any of other shit. Irrelevant. As a kid, Abdullah the Butcher was appointment television because somebody was getting stabbed on the fourth and he had them damn boots that curled at the toe. Let me tell you who who scared me. Abdullah the Butcher, Kevin Sullivan, and Maniac Mark Lewin. Let's see, who else was a oh, I always had to if the missing link was on television, leave me alone. If the missing link was on television, I don't want you speaking to me until it's over. Don't don't fucking bother me. I'm busy. Can't you see I'm busy right now? I hate it when they made him a face in Mid-South and put him with Missy Hyatt. I hated it. Leave him. This man got green face paint on and yeah, like. Leave him in Texas with the general or with Gary Hart, one or the other. Take your pick and let him hold the top of his hair. That little point that's right. Let him. Bam Bam with his flaming jumpsuit and hitting a cartwheel out of nowhere. Like, leave me alone. Stop talking to me. Bam Bam, uh, early on, he had a a different name. He was in Texas and world class. He was Crusher Yurkoff. That sounds like the the punchline to a joke we tell on the show. uh, Just just so you know. My cousin used to watch, uh, I told you you about my time going to visit my grandmother uh, near Memphis and watching Memphis TV on the uh, spring break in the summertime. And, yeah, uh, he, he you was gotta a, hit the trigger for that for Memphis. <laughs> oh, my, my bad. We don't deal. There you go. <laughs> we don't deal, yeah, ho. We don't deal, yeah, ho. We don't deal. We don't deal. Oh, but he—he he <laughs> was coming to all streaming platforms next summer. 
He was <laughs> we don't deal, ho. He was the one that told me about Bam Bam and ha- having it's like some guy with the tattoo flames on his head. And then I see him in Texas. I'm like, that's crushing your cough. Man, that's Bam Bam Bigelow. That's crushing your cough. Nah, man, that's Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> I don't know that dude by any other name other than Bam Bam Bigelow or Scott Bigelow because of the movie credits. Now, that tells me something because you from Texas and don't know about Crusher Yurkoff. Now, granted, probably, you was probably just, just learning how to walk around that time, but still. <laughs> I mean, geez, bro. I do go back and do my homework, but yeah. Like, yeah. I only remember hearing Bam Bam it, it wasn't. It wasn't that long. It wasn't that long. But here's the, uh, here, here's the last one for this season. And he, he will go down in infamy and in hood lore for the last time he was in the news. Hood lore. Marty Janetti. <laughs> that man Marty- <laughs> that man got work from my Uber delivery driver. Uber East driver. <laughs> so okay. Look at that list of episodes. Tell me which episode is the best of this season? Which one's going to be the best? Uh, the the best overall episode? Yeah, overall episode, whether that be because of how ridiculous it is or how informative or how wild off the page. Which one of those comes off you like it's going to be the best one this season? I, I, I like, I, I, I want to say Junkyard Dog, but because of the, the, the story, the, the traveled history, I would probably say Abdullah the Butcher. I'll tell you the sleeper though. The sleeper is going to be the Graham episode. I'm I'm taking Marty Janetti as a sleeper because like there's no way Marty Janetti's episode is not legendary, either because it is a train wreck or because it is like oh my god this is compelling as hell. Well, since we've done this podcast, he's made our show twice. Once for the uh, the admission of a murder that he retracted and rescinded, right, and the second time for getting the work from the Uber Eats driver. How how do you get to rescind a, a confession to a murder? Like, no charges were pressed. He didn't do no jail time. Like the man being a professional wrestler, his privileges. That's what I'm saying. The word privilege. That's exactly the word mm. I was looking for. That's exactly what mm. I was looking for. Mm. How, how the hell? There's no no charges. Nobody questioned anybody. He just said some shit on Facebook and then got to take it back. <laughs> like, in what world? So you tell me that's not going to be a fucking legendary episode? I also feel like, yes, because I, I'm going to be the most interested in Abdullah the Butcher because I don't I don't know his story. You just same you thing. Just, you with, just with know red red tights or red red jogging pants, curl boots equals a fork spike in blood. Right. You might get red jogging pants. You might get the black ones, but you you getting this. Fork. I've never seen the black. I've always seen the red, and I have always seen blood. So like you've never seen him with the the red pants, the the one of those black pants, red sh- sash, kind of like a almost. Akin to what Sabu would wear in ECW. Nah, but, uh, I've, only, I've only, I've only that I remember. I only remember the red. I don't remember the black at all. Just me. See, different life. See, different <laughs> life. See, I, I, I had seen him do it, um, like when they used to show syndication, syndicated shows, world class, and then I would see it. I want to say early '90s in WCW when he did the whole um, the Dungeon of Doom. 
No, no, not Dungeon of Doom. He did actually come back for 95 for that, so good good on you for that. Hit the bell for yourself. Okay, I'm, all right. I'm talking about 91, like for Chamber of Horrors. So Halloween Havoc 1991 with the infamous Chamber of Horrors and the cage. I want to say, is that when the cage caught on fire? That's no, the, that, no, that's... Muda was in there. No, I think there might have been another. another. That was a stopgap for me. But yes. We, okay, so in that case, when you get a chance, go watch Halloween Havoc 1991. It's the first match. <laughs> Halloween Havoc 91? Halloween Havoc 1991, Chamber of Horrors. Yeah. It's, it's Sting. Put that. It's put, the no, 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 no. I'm not going to go and watch that. You put that on the list. You know they're going to flag the fuck out of us if we do that for for, for what you're talking about. Edu- I'll do it. Education. But you know that's, that episode's educa- going to last about 20 minutes before the, it gets pulled the, down. For educational purposes, I think we can use I, the content. I because <laughs> I'm because learn- I'm learning here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> say less, my boy. Speaking of learning, hold on, hold on, Swall. Let me. There's a reason I wore this color shirt today. <sighs> Let me talk talk my talk real quick. Yeah, you got out your ceremonial garb. Yeah, it's the reason I wore this color shirt. <sighs> we hadn't had a chance to talk about this, but we're gonna talk about it now. Bingo. Bluey, uh, Bun, you tried it, didn't you? I'm talking about the Bun, the the, the Bun, the Bun beater. He tried. He tried it. He tried. He tried to get his uh his Houston his Houston people to rally up for the XFL playoffs, and uh. After handing us a the end of the season ass whooping to put us at a record of four and six, and us, mm-hmm. I mean the Arlington Renegades, we take it down to Houston and take it to Houston and advance to the championship. Whereas the Houston Roughnecks get to sit at home and watch. Now, the last time Suave and I got a chance to actually grace the XFL game was right before the pandemic shut everything down, and it was the Dallas Renegades at the time versus the Houston Roughnecks in which we were handed the L. Bun always talks this shit to us. We talking it right back to Bun. So we take it to San Antonio for the inaugural XFL championship game against the DC Defenders. The best team in the XFL got their asses drove to the dirt by the Arlington Renegades your winners, your first XFL football world champions, the Arlington Renegades. Bruh, you see the blue. I, I, I don't, I don't have anything to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to Louis P. Louis P is the first quarterback in the city to bring to bring a championship home since 1997. Troy. Uh, yeah, Shouts out to Bob yeah, Stoops. Stoops. Stoops got him one. He didn't melt down. It's funny how of all the songs to end that the whole diatribe, it was that last one. Shouts out Jake one for the beat too. Um, I, I I hate that I won't be around. I won't be around next year, boy. Ha! I hate that I won't Shit. be around for the uh, 
for the next season. I may have to fly in and partake. I mean, you got to at least fly in for the ring ceremony. Game one. I guess I have to plan for that one, huh? Right. Yeah, I think I can make that happen. I got some things in the works. Things Guan. Things Guan, boy. Things Guan. Yeah, man. It, it can't. It, it you know it doesn't get me better than that. Um, the other nine, the other nine cities, including Houston, support your local XFL franchise. There is rumors that the uh, alleged, uh, uh, what is it, the uh, collaboration with another league will be happening within the next couple of years. That may be that may mean international travel. Stay tuned. I, I've just rumblings. But support the XFL. They're still on TV. Um, the USFL, you support them too. If you're a real if you're a real football fan, don't 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 look at it as semi-pro. These boys get paid to play, they get paid more to win. They have something to fight for. The level of competition. Think think of high school high school football with adult energy think about the game we went to suave we met people who were friends for the game i don't know if we'd hang out with them anywhere else but the game but that's true sports <laughs> sports is a lot like music it, it unifies people that normally may not function in the same um hemisphere atmosphere environment and um, yeah, the the rules are a little different. They're, if the if the game is close at the end, stick around to the very last play. It's worth it. I'm not going to oversell it, but uh, definitely support it. Though we got to get to a situation where we got to correct this energy that is is living rent free on the internet of attempting to look down on people doing better than you. Talk like critical analysis is one thing. Critiquing something that you paid for, totally within your right. To attempt to assassinate the character of someone who is doing nothing other than acting upon their God-given gifts and just for whatever reason because you happen to be bitter and or disgruntled or just quite frankly I ain't shit person yeah, yeah, don't, to where, yeah, don't look for a reason to not support find out what that person is supporting and support them for supporting there's people like people that shoot unnecessary slugs at the WNBA anytime anything about money comes up uh, people who you'll insult an ex-NFL player or NFL player who you feel like has lost a step and tell them well you can't, you can't play for an NFL team anymore you might as well go to the XFL First of all, that's not how it works. That's absolutely not how it works. Number two, shut the entire fuck up. Because it's, it's, it, it's weird energy. It's like it's creepy. AJ, it's, Mc, AJ McCarron is a good example. He knew he had no chance of, watch, of letting his son watch him play football in the NFL. He goes to the XFL and becomes a star. Why? Because he can play and his son can see him do what he loved to do. For four years in college, everybody I, has an everybody has their different reasons, and like everybody has a different season where they're supposed to go through what they go through. So, yes, the NFL is the worldwide leader, 
But the same way like we watch and analyze wrestling, WWE is the worldwide leader. That does not mean that you can't be great in AEW. It doesn't mean you can't be great in Impact. It doesn't mean you can't be great on the independents at a HOG or MLW or um, Ring of Honor before it was acquired by Tony Khan or any of the any of the other um independent promotions that we frequent and that and that you mentioned that too that also doesn't mean that those entities that you mentioned that you're not aware that the other masses aren't aware of doesn't mean that those entities aren't great because some of them damn sure are hell we we watch we watched two organizations rise and fall during the pandemic that had local television and could have gone national just because of the talent that they had so it's just there's it's the weird energy that goes on online like just the 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 slander of people doing better than you and that's your sole reason for attempting to slander them like that's god that that i hope that ages out like real quick because it's 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 rough like if you don't get it educate yourself knowledge is priceless literally priceless and most of it's free that part you always looking for a handout With your ugly asses. <laughs> Take your dinner bucket to Google, you bastard. <laughs> Show at brokenpistolbc.com, brokenpistolbc at gmail.com. It's at brokenpistolbc on all things social, at brokenpistolbc on what? Everything. 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 Uh, like, share, subscribe. All uh, that. Tell a friend, download. Hit us on all the social medias. This is a YouTube joint. We also are on all of your streaming platforms for for the podcast. You got plenty of ways to pick your poison. And if you if you know somebody who likes this this type of shit, send them our way. We, we'll gladly appreciate them and make them a pistol pusher. We'll jump them into the gang. They won't leave with bruises. Suave, take them to the house. Pencil pushers, heads up, pencils down. And as promised. Let me uh let me do this the proper way. Your 10 bell salute for superstar Billy Graham. Until next week. Recording stopped. Word.